And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Thursday, November the 10th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On November 10, 1775, the U.S. Marines were organized under the authority of the Continental Congress. Today, in 1871, journalist explorer Henry M. Stanley, he found Scottish missionary David Livingstone. He'd not been heard from for years, and he'd been in Central Africa somewhere. They got concerned about him, so Stanley went looking for him. It is said that when Stanley first spotted Livingstone in Central Africa, he said, Mr. Livingstone, I presume. I don't know if that's true, but it is said that that was his first words. I wonder why he would have said that. We won't go into that. Today in 1919, the American Legion opened its first national convention in Minneapolis. Today in 1951, customer dialed long-distance telephone service. Yeah, 1951. Customer dialed long-distance service began at Mayor, this Mayor Leslie Denning of Inglewood, New Jersey. He called uh, the Mayor of Alameda, California, Frank Osborne. They did so without operator assistance. 1951. Seems like yesterday. Today, in 1954, the U.S. Marine Corps Memorial, depicting the raising of the American flag on Iwo Jima in, in 1945, that was dedicated by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in Arlington, Virginia. I'm sure you've seen that image. It is striking, to say the least. Today, in 1969, Sesame Street made its debut on national education television, later PBS. Today, in 1975, the U.N. General Assembly approved a resolution equating Zionism with racism. It wasn't until December of 1991 that this world body, so-called, repealed the resolution. Today, in 1982, the newly finished Vietnam Veterans Memorial was open to its first visitors in Washington, D.C. That was three days before it was officially dedicated. And five years ago today, President Donald Trump arrived in Vietnam to attend an international economic summit. He told the CEOs on the sidelines of the summit, he said, we're not going to let the United States be taken advantage of anymore. Well, that was a good thing because many countries of the world have and are taking advantage of the United States. Michigan, California, Vermont, they're all affirming that abortion rights are a fundamental constitutional right. Voters in all three states amended their constitutions to include reproductive rights, as they call it, while Kentucky voters rejected an amendment that would have said there is no right to the procedure. Voters in California, Michigan, Vermont chose to enshrine abortion protections in their state constitutions on Tuesday in the election. This is what President Biden is talking about doing as soon as he gets this whole election behind him. Those are his words. Um, He may have a problem with that if the Republicans are able to get um, control of the House, and it looks like they probably will, but it's nothing like expected. Governor Gavin Newsom in California, he's a Democrat, of course, 
he's already running for the presidency. He's running for himself, really. He's running for Gavin Newsom. Every day is about Gavin, uh, from my observation, and people who know him uh, affirm that. But anyway, he said on Tuesday, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, he said on Tuesday, he said, enshrining this abortion basically into the Constitution, the state Constitution, he said, it's a point of pride that abortion is now protected in the state Constitution. He said, it's a point of principle. And it's a point of contrast at a time of such mixed results all across the country. Well, there is a lot of mixed results across the country. It's interesting. As we look at this, it's very interesting. Republicans have won nearly 6 million more votes nationwide in races for the House of Representatives than the Democrats. And yet they've only flipped relatively few seats. This talk of a red wave hasn't really materialized at all, and it isn't going to from all, you know, from everything I, I can see and others. May, they may, we may have anticipated the overall mood of the country, but not the final result of the election, some are saying. There's a Cook political report, and they're pretty reliable. It's out this morning. In fact, it came out about an hour ago, and I wanted to just mention to you, uh, it, it maybe this isn't, as interesting to you as it was to me, but it's kind of stunning to me. If Republicans are winning or have received already, and there's a lot of counting going on or whatever they're doing in the back room, um, if 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 the Republicans have have won nearly six million more votes nationwide, why aren't the results different? Well, according to Cook Political Report. As I said, this was put out about an hour ago this morning. Republicans have won 50,113,534 votes, or 52.3% of the vote, compared to 44,251,768, or 46.2% of the vote for the Democrats. Republicans lead by 6.1%, which is better than their average in generic congressional ballot polls. So the party... Uh, in which the party led by 2.5% in the final real clear politics, which they're usually pretty accurate as well uh, just before the election. But Republicans have only managed to flip nine seats so far, likely enough, Cook says, to control the House, but far short of a wave that everybody was expecting. Why would this happen? Well, the mismatch between overall votes cast by Republicans and the actual result, Cook says, reflects the polarized nature of congressional maps. It also reflects the fact that Republican losses against many Democratic incumbents were very narrow. However, it could suggest, this Cook political reporting company says, it could suggest that Democrats ran a more effective campaign, concentrating resources where they were needed, to defend their vulnerable positions. Well, forget the numbers. President Joe Biden is defiant and elated. He said the red wave didn't happen, and he said it in that forceful, faraway look on his face voice. He said, they asked him, what are you going to do differently going forward? He said, I'm not going to change anything. He confirmed conservatives' worst fears about the next two years under his administration. 
He taunted the media yesterday, the pundits, the pollsters. He said, you predicted a Republican red wave in the midterm election. He said, I'm not going to change anything in any fundamental way. He held a press conference. He was hyper when he was doing it, sort of. He argued that Democrats had a strong night, even though there was strong possibility of losing the majority in the House of Representatives. When reporters asked the president about the future of his agenda, he just said nothing. They said, what are you going to change? He said nothing. He said, it's all working. We're good. (laughs) He said he plans to meet with Representative McCarthy, who will likely become the Speaker of the House, except that there's, I think it's a growing number of dissenters within the House of Representatives Republicans that really don't want him to be Speaker of the House. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. I don't want to spend time talking about it because I don't think it's important. Now, it's very important, the outcome, but I don't think it's important to talk about now. But uh, President Biden said, I'm prepared to work with my Republican colleagues. The American people have made it clear, I think, that they expect Republicans to be prepared to work with me as well. He said he would not budge on cutting taxes on the wealthy. These are his priorities, obviously. He said, I will not budge on cutting taxes on the wealthy, cutting Social Security, walking back green energy investments, or limits on abortion. That's the profile of the American president. Taxes and abortion. Boy, I don't know. The Bible says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall come, and he shall, he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. In Psalm chapter 40, verse 1, The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Remember, Everybody Loves Raymond. Remember that TV show? It was on for a long time, and it's rerun now. It's on a lot of the channels on cable and DirecTV and Dish and all that. Well, remember the wife in that, Raymond's wife? Her name is Patricia Heaton. She's a, a great actress. She's in a lot of movies and stuff. She is a deeply committed Christian. She is an outspoken conservative. She said, she said, she's a believer. Specifically, she said, Christians might feel disappointed or despairing following a night of close election results. He said, she said, for those of you who are Christians and who feel disappointed or despairing of the election results, it's a blessing to be reminded that our security does not rest in men or governments, which are finite and will eventually crumble. But our hope is in God alone, who is never, who is ever sustaining. Now, she's very active in politics. She's not one of the leftist religion types that are saying, well, Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. She's very outspoken uh, about politics in general and principles and the things that she sees as godly principles. But she's reminding her followers on, on Twitter, and she has a lot of them, several millions of them, she said, we must trust 
in God alone, who is ever-sustaining. In the weeks leading up to the midterm elections, polling, news coverage forecasted this red wave. Tuesday's election certainly didn't bring that about, as we have said yesterday, and I say it again today. But one Twitter user responded to Heaton on this. I noticed a lot of them did, but I noticed this one. And uh, this person that's following Patricia Heaton uh, said, if the press purpose that he, this guy said he's wondering if the press purposely misled the country into thinking there would be a red sweep. And he said, you're right, we can never put our faith in politicians. And then continued, I am more and more disappointed with each election. Each one is worse than the previous. God help our country. Well, Heaton replied to that, and she said, I think it is helpful to develop a healthy skepticism of all things the media that are media and political. Never buy into what you're being fed by these folks. That was an interesting statement to me because her brother, her late brother, Michael Heaton, whom I don't know, but I, I, I've actually known people who were friends of his in the past, but I, I never knew him. I don't think I ever met him or anything. But he was a journalist, and um, he had this... Uh, he, she Back in, in September, he passed away. He was not that old. He was 66 years old. And a reporter and a columnist, he was uh, with the Plain Dealer in Ohio. And he was affectionately known as the Minister of Culture. He wrote this column on the culture all the time. It was very good. And he wrote it for more than 30 years. So her family, her brother was very very conservative. And her brother was very much involved in the, in the press. He was a journalist. But she said, I'm still processing the fact, back in September, she said, that I will never see or speak to my brother again in this lifetime. The, Michael Heaton was 66. He was a reporter, a columnist, as I said, the plain dealer in Ohio. He was affectionately known as the Minister of Culture. But he had written about these kinds of things for 30 years. And it was interesting how she spoke out very loudly about that, and then she brought it up again uh, in the context of this election. It is on her heart and on her mind. She is concerned. And there are millions of people who share her concern. There is no question about that. In Arizona, Katie Hobbs, who basically didn't run very much, from what I could see, of a campaign, is still leading Carrie Lake, who ran a robust campaign. Carrie Lake is the former TV uh, news person uh, in Phoenix for 30 years. She has 49.7% for they're running for governor. Katie Hobbs, who is the Democrat, has 50.3%. The reason that Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake are where they are as far as the numbers is the story that is the same here in the Northwest, Seattle, Portland, the same thing. The the city, the the bigger city has liberals and they have they've always vote liberal. In Washington State, for example, if you can't win some of the Puget Sound, the Crescent, or the King County and, and closely related neighborhoods and so on, uh, it's hard to win a statewide uh, election. Same thing in Oregon. you got King County in Seattle and Washington. you got Portland and Multnomah County in, in uh, Oregon. Uh, in Arizona, I'm learning as I watch that more closely now. Uh, you have uh, Phoenix and you have Tucson, and they create a, 
a blue area as far as politics. So uh, it appears to me, maybe I'm wrong, and some of you listening uh, there can correct me or inform me if I'm wrong, but it looks like that's what's happening in Arizona. The state is generally uh, really tilted toward Kerry Lake, the Republican, but Phoenix and Tucson are showing blue, and Hobbs is winning in those, the most populated areas. So it happens, and it happens a lot. As the Republican Party tries to sort out what happened to this red wave expected in Tuesday's election that didn't happen, there are some bright spots. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a bright spot today. And it's a kind of a sensitive uh, issue, a little bit, politically. And I'll tell you why as we go along here. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida said, We offer a ray of hope that better days are still ahead. When he gave his speech after winning soundly, big time, in his re-election. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis easily won the re-election in Florida, defeating Democrat Charlie Crist 59.4% to 40%, almost 20 points. I want to talk more about this this morning because there's something in that. I mean, there's some inform. <coughs> excuse me, some information, but there's also some principle. Former White House Press Secretary, current MSNBC host in waiting. She's waiting to go on. Remember Jen Psaki with the kind of the reddish hair? Uh, she was there before the girl that's there now, Jean Pierre or whatever her name is. Uh, anyway, Saki is waiting to go on. She's going to be a regular on MSNBC. And uh, she was on uh, there uh, on Tuesday night, and she was telling MSNBC viewers that the mood in the White House Tuesday evening was gleeful and giddy. Mediate, re- uh, uh, Mediate reported that, quote, MSNBC election team led by Rachel Maydow covered Tuesday night's midterms well into Wednesday morning, delivering every detail of what has turned out to be a disappointing night for Republicans. Well, we know that. MSNBC team declared Wednesday, that was yesterday, to be Ice Cream Social Day in honor of President Biden because they are indeed gleeful and giddy. However, there's some rays of hope for conservatives. Following the resounding re-election of Governor DeSantis, it gives us hope, it shows what certain kinds of leadership can do. He gave a rousing victory speech. He hailed Florida as a refuge of sanity when the world went mad. He said our state is a citadel of freedom for people across this country and indeed across the world. He said Florida is where woke goes to die. He ordered a letter a couple of weeks ago to be sent to the Department of Justice explaining to them they would not be monitoring any elections in Florida. They had already announced that they would be monitoring uh, elections in 28 states, including Florida. DeSantis wrote a letter, uh, instructed his uh, Justice Department of the state to write a letter and say, no, you won't. It's unconstitutional, it's illegal, and it's not going to happen. I put a copy of that letter in the uh, in an article that I wrote today on faithandfreedom.us. Here's a portion of his victory speech. I just want to give you the tone of it, and I think the tone of this is a winning, politically so, a winning 
uh, message and a winning tone for other Republicans. I mean, not that they're looking to me for counsel necessarily, but some some have actually. But really, I think this is the tone that need that America needs to hear from a, a conservative, a, a principled, Judeo-Christian principled uh, point of view. Here's what he said. He said, states and cities governed by leftist politicians have seen crime skyrocket. They've seen their taxpayers abused. They've seen medical authoritarianism imposed. They've seen American principles discarded. The woke agenda has caused millions of Americans to leave these jurisdictions for greener pastures. Now this great exodus of Americans, for those folks, Florida, for so many of them, has served as the promised land. He said, we've embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have predicted the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. We reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Then he talked a little bit about a ray of hope. He said, people have come here because our policies work. He's talking about conservative policies. He said, leadership matters. We refuse to use polls and put our finger in the wind. Leaders don't follow. They lead. We set out a vision. We executed on that vision. We produced historic results. And he did. And the people of this state have responded to record in record fashion. He said, while our country flounders due to failed leadership in Washington, Florida is on the right track. He said, I believe the survival of American experiment requires a revival of true American principles. Florida has proved that can be done. We offer a ray of hope that better days still lie ahead. I am proud of our achievements in this state. I'm honored by your support, and I look forward to the road ahead. Then he said this. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race in this first term, and I have kept the faith. We have accomplished more than anybody thought possible four years ago, but we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. What could that mean? We have accomplished more than anybody thought possible four years ago, but we have got so much more to do. I get that, and I have only begun to fight. Is he planning to run for the presidency in 2024? People close to Donald Trump are saying that Donald Trump has sent him a very strong message. He has told him not to run under any circumstances or he'll pay for it. I'm told that from reliable sources or I wouldn't say it on the radio. That's disappointing to me, but I believe it to be true. President Trump is going to make an announcement that people close to him say, on November 15th. Well, that's next week. And they say, I don't know, but they say he will likely announce he's running for president. As I said, Trump has warned DeSantis, I'm told, not to run. Maybe later, but not now. That's disappointing to me because there are some great rising leaders in the Republican Party. I'm not sure that's the way to go if it's true that Trump has threatened him not to run. That would be deeply disappointing to me personally because I'm a supporter of Trump. I have supported him. 
But there are several other rising conservative Republican political stars, as they call them. They're considering a presidential run in 2024 as well. We need to pray for our nation. Ronald Reagan, in a speech to the American people on February 6, 1986, said this, and I'm going to leave you with this today. Just consider this. President of the United States, Ronald Reagan, one of the great presidents of all time, he said, to preserve our blessed land, we must look to God. It's time to realize that we need God more than he needs us. We also have his promise that we could take to heart with regard to our country, that if if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Ronald Reagan continued, Let us young and old join together, as did the First Continental Congress in the first step, in humble, heartfelt prayer. Let us do so for the love of God and His great goodness, in search of His guidance and the grace of repentance, in seeking His blessings, His peace, the resting of His kind and holy hands on ourselves, our nation, our friends, in the defense of freedom and all mankind, now, now and always. The time has come to turn to God, Reagan said, and reassert our trust in Him for the healing of America. Our country is in need of and ready for a spiritual renewal. The president said, Today we utter no prayer more fervently than the ancient prayer for peace on earth. Ronald Reagan said in conclusion, he said, If I had a prayer for you today among those that have been uttered, it is that one we're all so familiar with. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God bless you all. I think in the maze of problems that we're faced with today and politically and the disappointments, and I mean, it just is yuck. And all of this that's going on, the President of the United States promising to enshrine, as these three other states have done, abortion on demand constitutionally into the Constitution of the United States, if he can do it. All of this going on, the World Pride event, biggest pride event in the history of the world, scheduled for Washington, D.C. in 2025. Um It can be discouraging. It can be challenging. But, you know, God is in control. And there is a God who loves us all. And Ronald Reagan had a way of saying this because his his pastor told me personally that he knew Ronald Reagan knew Jesus Christ personally. And Reagan sat in the pews regularly at his church at Bel Air Press. I believe he knew God because his words reflect that. And I'm, I think those of us who know God can reflect and make an impression on our culture, even in these horrific times in which we live. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see you right here tomorrow.